You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Didn't God put up with so much in Judah or Israel when they sinned against him? Did he not put up with so much? And then he says, I can't go any further. All along the way, he's gone down pleading, but then he says, I can't go any further. And at that moment, humanity without Christ and the 21st century that you and I live in says this to him. I haven't cared a thing about what you've said thus far. I'm still gonna go down, see ya. And that next step, you'll never hear his voice again. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. All of us wear a mask to some degree. You say, how dare you say that about me? Listen, uh, get over it. You and I, it's the same thing. Look, it could be benign. It could be a little bit mischievous, and it could be full-blown dangerous. And so I want to give you this verse to get you ready before we go into the first consideration of this, and that is a warning that's given to us in the Bible that is applicable right now, and it's 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. There the Bible says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous, grueling, grinding, wearing out you. These times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Translation, the times are going to get grueling for the believer because men who are unredeemed will exalt themselves and all that they want while at the same time, necessarily so, dethroning God from his rightful place. First point is this. Behind the mask, I'm going to submit to you today from the Bible that there's an abuse. And the first thing that we see is that there's an abuse of the soul. And for those of you who take notes, when we talk about the soul, the word soul comes, in fact, the word psychology uh, comes from soulology. Or in the Greek, it's suke. Suke is the psyche. Psyche is the soul. The soul is your thinking. Listen, the soul is not your spirit. That's different. 
In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, God says, I made you body, soul, and spirit. We are a mini, miniature trinity. We have a mind, we have a spirit that needs to be born again, and we have a body. And when we talk about the soul, we're talking about the mind, the realm of the mind, and the thinking. What do we think? What do we think as a culture? What do we think as a society? As a society, what do we think as a, as a church? What do we think as a, as a culture of people, as a nation? Who are we? It can often be argued that as the nation thinks, so goes the nation. And what is the nation's preoccupation? What does the nation think about and ponder about? Well, they tell us all you have to do is look at commercials. If you look at commercials, you can get the vibe of what the nation is thinking about. They tell us to look at sports. You can get the idea of what the nation is thinking about. What are we wearing? What we wear and what we choose to wear, what's trending, is a, uh, it's a description of what the soul of the nation is. And that is certainly true about your family or about yourself or your marriage. But Paul is going to argue to us that it's an abusive situation that the world is descending down into, and it begins with the mind. Socialism knows this. Communism knows this. Satan knows this. God knows this. And the church knows this. The mind is the battleground. Everybody's vying for control of your mind. They, they want control of your mind. And listen, you are going to yield control of your mind, though you'll never make control. We will say, I'm in control. We're not in control. We yield to those things that control us. Putting it bluntly, it's your worldview. How do you see things? How do you view the politics around you? How do you view the world around you? How do you view, how do you value? That's your worldview. And so verse 24 says, therefore, God also gave them up. Immediately, church, it goes into a very, very firm declaration. Circle the word therefore in your notes. And it means this, therefore, meaning everything that has been previously declared regarding the topic. Are you listening? Everybody listening? Regarding this topic, how do we know what he's talking about? When he says therefore, he's saying, go back to verse 18. If you're taking a course in seminary on, on Bible and Bible interpretation, every freshman student's going to get this one right by the end of, uh, by the time they go into their next year of schooling. And that is, therefore, demands that you go back and you connect the therefore to the argument that is being made. So look at your Bible, verse 24, it says, therefore, God also gave them up. We would ask the question, gave them up to what? Go back to verse 18, way back to verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Remember what this means last week? Let's hold down the truth. Let's mock the truth. Let's destroy the truth. Let's cover it up. Let's control the narrative. The truth can never get out. Let's suppress it. So listen, if you're a skeptic today, I want to submit to you, will you please consider the fact that you're living in the age right now that Paul told Timothy about, that these are the days that are perilous. You, without the Holy Spirit, will never know what's true anymore. 
because of what's going on. And why? Because it is, listen, it is going after the soul. We gotta control the mind. We gotta get the mind. And Satan knows this, and our flesh knows this, by the way. God says, I've given them up. What happens? How does someone come to the point where God says, I'm done? In fact, the word, listen to this, the word implies this, that when God gives you up, it's not that God says, you know what? I don't like you. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you sound. I'm done with you. It's not that. It's the, the word implies this. Think of going down a stairway, down. You're going down. The word implies that God is with you. You, whoever you may be, all humans, God's with you. Listen carefully. He's with you saying, don't take another step downward. This is not good. Don't, don't, go, don't take another step. What do people do? Take a step. And God says, don't, don't take another step. And what do people do? They take a step. And they keep going down. He says to them internally, don't go there. And I'm speaking right now on behalf of every human being. How, what's my authority? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. So when somebody thinks, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. God the Holy Spirit says, don't do it, but you take the step. And then you take it again. And then you take it again. Guess what? According to the Bible, God's with you. He's with you with every step along the way, pleading with you, don't do it. Are you married? But she's cute at the drinking fountain or whatever. that used to, I don't know. From those of you who were at the office in the 50s, uh, I don't know what it is today. Are you married, but she's a cutie? Are you married, but he is uh, whatever the term is? Um, and the thought is, that's, whoop, turn your eyes away, turn your eyes away. But if you say, well, I'm not touching. What's, what's wrong with a little look? Guess what you just took? You took two steps down. <laughs> is it not true? You descend down and God is with you all along the way saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Until guess what happens? He gives you up. Therefore, God gave them up. He comes to a step and he says, I can't go any further. As far down as I'm going. Listen, did not God put up with so much at Sodom and Gomorrah? Didn't God put up with so much in Judah or Israel when they sinned against him? Did he not put up with so much? And then he says, I can't go any further. Did he not put up with so much when Noah was building the ark, as we mentioned last week, and then God says to a generation, I can't put up with this anymore. All along the way, he's gone down pleading, but then he says, I can't go any further. And at that moment, humanity without Christ and the 21st century that you and I live in says this to him. I don't care. I haven't cared a thing about what you've said thus far. I'm still going to go down. See ya. And that next step, you'll never hear his voice again. And you keep going down. And he's not going. I gave them up. God, the God of all patience, the God of all mercy, the God of all grace and forgiveness says, I can't go that far. And I'm done. It's a tragic thing. 
This is that Romans 1.18 fulfillment where the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. The wrath of God. You can't find fault with God. He's pure and holy. God's wrath is pure. Right doing. Pure justice. I want to give you five things that I have not given you previously regarding the wrath of God. And I want you to write them down because... You and I will experience these in some way, shape, or form, either by experiencing them in our lives or are we experiencing them by watching someone else that you and I know. From Genesis to Revelation, the wrath of God is revealed in five different categories, and one would be cataclysmic wrath. Can you write that down? When we talk about God's wrath being poured out, what does that mean? And when he says, I've given you up, Giving you up to what? Number one, he will give you up to cataclysmic wrath. These are judgments or judgment events of either nature or man which causes suffering. In other words, and this is hard for us to imagine, but I, I pray that we'll get a glimpse of this. According to the Bible, God keeps you and I right now out of circumstantial wrath by his sheer pleasure and his mercy right now. Because Romans 1.18 says the wrath of God is revealed, you guys remember in our previous study, it's the atmosphere is charged with things invisible to destroy us. The reason why we're not destroyed is because God is shielding us from being destroyed. It doesn't matter if you're the sweetest person on the planet or you're the meanest person on the planet. If you are not suffering right now by either nature or man, you are comforted right now by the sheer goodness of God. I don't believe in God. You are being comforted by the sheer goodness of God. And a cataclysmic wrath is this. When God moves his hand away, so imagine, imagine a, a, an umbrella being moved away and the rain, the hail, or the heat hits you. God moves the protection. It was a miracle. It was there in the first place. But he moves it. And that might come upon you by assault. It could be by violence. It could be by murder. However, or it could be by natural disaster of some sorts. The next one. The next one is eschatological wrath. This church knows the meaning of this word. Eschatological is prophetic, Bible prophecy wrath. These are the judgment events of either nature or man directly relating to end of days or last days prophecies that are revealed in the Bible. Natural end time events where, for example, the Bible says that in the last days, the sun will not shine and the moon will look as though it's blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord's return. That is God in his wrath displaying that in eschatological terms through nature. But through man, it would be, for example, the advent of the Antichrist or evildoers. Are you with me? False prophets and false teachers would be a form of God's eschatological wrath. Where somebody says, I don't want to hear the truth. I want, I want some preacher to lie to me. Well, that's certainly available. God will not go down that step any further. And you're free to do it. The next one is this, circumstantial wrath. 
These are judgment events that come about due to disobedience to God or the rejection of his lordship. I will not obey God. I'm not going to follow God. This could relate to a non-Christian and it could relate to a Christian who's backslidden and they wind up getting in trouble. Uh, I've been in ministry long enough to watch a Christian backslide, leave his wife or she leaves her husband. She, he, they go out and they're sleeping around and they won't turn. Watch, they're going down the steps, going down the steps, going down the steps. And at some point, thank God, thank God, uh, at some point, God is speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking, and then they'll listen. But here's what happens. Circumstantial wrath is this. Um, they, their walk begin. they come back to Jesus and they get back home if the home is still there. Uh, but they're now dying of AIDS. Uh, or uh, they're riddled with syphilis or some sexually transmitted disease. And they're going to heaven. They backslid away and they experience the circumstantial wrath. Are you with me? This is very common, but nobody wants to talk about it. I guarantee you, this sermon today in this church, there's no other sermon like this today across America in any church. Why? Because what kind of a pastor would talk about this stuff today? Nobody wants to hear this stuff, but we've got to hear this. It's Bible. Cataclysmic, eschatological, circumstantial, ethnological. Ethnos, ethnological, ethnos, nations, nation, national wrath. This is throughout the Bible. There are judgment events that come upon a nation or nations who forget God or neglect God or refuse God. Uh, because America has been the most predominant Christian nation in all of human history. I believe that the condition America is in right now is ethnological judgment of God. This is the wrath of God Coming upon America, it has started some time ago. I, who am I? I have no authority to say that it started when, but I would think, I think it's been going on for decades, and it's intensifying. You, we, as a nation, we treat God horrible. As a nation, we are rude to him. We, we attack him. We evict him. We mock him. And... I think this nation at this moment, and I think now we're starting to see, see what you and I feel and see is now the visible manifestation of ethnological wrath, where our nation is going down horrific paths. And see, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, according to the Bible, it means that a nation or nations will attack us. It means also, we know from history in the Bible, economies will fail. There'll be things where God moves his hand of protection. Deuteronomy chapter 28. God says, if a nation seeks after me, I will protect them from enemies. I will cause their crops to flourish and their women will give birth. But if a nation rejects me, he says, they will be captured by enemy forces. Their economy, their crops will fail and their women will wholesale, he said, wholesale be unable to bear a child. They will miscarry. The word in English is miscarry. The Hebrew word is, when my hand leaves a nation, women will miscarry their young. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Read it later. Nationally. And then finally, there's individual wrath. Individual. Where you do something dumb, and God's hand of protection is off. It'd be, this is silly, but it'd be similar to me if I were to say, um, there's a lot of electricity right here. And if I were to take the 
cord, and I say, here, here, suck on this cord for a little bit. <laughs> just take the cord and just... We wouldn't want you to do that until we all got our cameras out. So we could watch your hair go straight out and a little cloud over your head and your ears would be black. Of course, I'm talking about being shocked. You say, I wouldn't do that. Of course not. Of course you wouldn't do that. Why? Because you probably saw someone get shocked before or you yourself got shocked. So you learn not to touch that. God will use individual wrath to accomplish the same. The amazing thing is why would you put the electrical cord in your mouth in the first place? Because we tend to do that as a people, as a human. It's within us. And we need to be very careful about that. But what he's talking to us about here in this verse is that God says, I give them up. And it happens in the mind. That's where it all starts. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Three.